Assalamualaikum. Peace to the God. Peace. What's going on? <clears throat> Not much, bro. What about yourself? Uh, everything is good. Maintaining. Um, peace here, to the universe. We are back in the effing universe. One hour of black power thinking. This is the second of two days that we do every weekend. We put in the sacrifice of one hour to maybe two or three hours of black power thinking. Um, We put that information out into the universe to study and exercise our minds. Uh, If you are out there listening, we thank you for joining us. What's on your mind tonight? We had an interesting topic yesterday. Um, We wound up back on uh, movies and uh, what they mean to the person that's looking beyond just the pictures and sounds and the feelings to see what exactly we are digesting. Everything that we listen to or see is something that we are digesting in our minds. Yeah. I I think was um uh, I was going to say was even more interesting but I don't know if that's um the correct word to to use but I I think what's phenomenal about it is that two people can watch the same movie <laughs> or the, or the same picture or yes, see the same picture but but leave with a different perspective. Yes. Sir. Or have seen something completely different. Hmm. Um, there was a study done by anthropologists um, teaching African people that had never um, had contact with Europeans, uh, showing them picture shows like uh, films, famous films that had had, had been um, classics in. Um, American society and showing these films to these um, Africans that were just being introduced to white society. And they asked uh, on one particular film, how did you like the film? And one of the uh, participants, the African participants, said, I saw a chicken go across the screen. And he said, um, so the people that had administered the the film said, there's no chicken in this movie. Where did you see that? And sure enough, they reviewed the film and reviewed the film. And sure enough, there was a chicken in one scene in the movie. And what they realized and through their study is that you put a, a picture or image in front of someone doesn't mean that they understand it the way you understand it. So this guy, without any training on how to watch a film, started staring at the corner of the picture. 
And that's how he spotted the, the chicken that nobody had ever spotted before. So it it's all based on what you know and what you bring to the universe. Uh, this podcast is uh, coming in that vein. Something that you may not have seen may be relevant or it may just be bull cocky. Or, or, or it may be your perspective or the your your experience right so I, like you told me you told me a story about um or you've told me many stories um uh, about your personal life right and so mm-hmm. with, with you your mom and then you and then there were three siblings you and your other um two brothers yes sir and while you all may have grown up in the same house with the same parents, you all had different experiences about how you perceive your mm-hmm. upbringing. Yes, sir. And, and and so that's the phenomenon to me, is that how people who um, see the same thing, or at least experience the same thing, or at least you think they see the same thing, or you think they experience the same thing, but they experience it and they see it very differently. Therefore, they all have a different um, reaction to it. Yes, sir. And I think that that in that in 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 and of itself is the phenomenon. Um, when 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 I did my my dissertation, mm-hmm. I interviewed a number of uh, African American men who grew up and had experienced depression but but all of their experiences were different mm. and so the and so the phenomenon is the the way people view their experiences mm. that's the phenomenon indeed that's very profound um we're going to give you some experiences tonight Hopefully, and uh, we can come to a meeting of the minds, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a meeting of the minds. It can be our experiences. Um, anything that comes to mind for tonight's topic, I, let me say this. Um, people that watch this show have asked, well, what's going to be the topic tonight? And I tell them that this is a natural born show. It's um comes not with a specific topic in mind, but what we can develop just through our um mental um sparring for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Uh we can go back and forth and then we try to see some type of uh uh, unification of an idea, but more so a communication of an idea and conveying that to one another and then out to the universe. Interesting. Um, because often we, uh, well, not we, but often you come up with a um, a, a topic about the discussion after the, after the discussion. <laughs> right, and put a title on it. Right, right, right. And it, so it, I think, it seems like it's different from whatever we discussed, but then you right. see 
that it, it does pertain to what this the title looks far out, but um, it actually pertains to right. So I I I think that's unique in, in and of itself, but um, we can mix it up, right? If if need be, um, if 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 um, sometimes you know you you have come or I have come um on the podcast with something that might be heavy on our heart right. for a particular subject and then we 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 go into that right but often we just kind of um you know kind of um what sigma fraud would call um free association <laughs> yes sir and, and free <laughs> yeah and so free association what you would do in therapy or uh psychoanalytic ther- uh therapy is you know, you would do free association. You you would come in, and you would have a seat on the couch, and you he would allow you to just talk. Hmm. And so, and the, and the, so that's part of the premise of what we do. You know, is free association. That's fine. We can continue. You know, continue that, particularly if we want to um, focus on um, the 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 psychology or the psychoanalytic or. You know, uh, if we want to keep it, you know, kind of in that framework where we're kind of discussing the mentality of why things are happening, that's fine. We we can do that. Uh, But we can do that even if we add a topic to it. Mm. Right. So if if, if we want to talk about sex, we want to talk about raising kids, you know, race, race, whatever we can. Politics. Politics, it, all that, um, religion, science, <laughs> religion, yeah, it it all yeah. ties in, and, and that's why it's the universe. It's a, it's what the universe is made up of. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the interesting things is that the the Big Bang theory, still a theory, of how we all came to exist has that every element in the universe is in the makeup of your body. So every element and there um, I think it's like a hundred and something elements that make up the universe and all of these can be found in the human body. So we are a microcosm of the macrocosm of the universe. And so it is with our topics. They're going to be about everything, including gossip sometimes, like we did last night with a T.I. Um, it wasn't a comfortable subject to cover, but it, it was a trending topic. And um, sometimes we try to get on that key, too. It's not our primary focus because we're not gossipers. But um, when it affects black people in a certain way, in this a certain pattern that exists, we want to explore it on on that level and um, try to make uh, some sense of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of of gossip. You know, I uh, was sitting here tonight watching this uh, Wendy Williams special. I, I heard portions of it because I was cooking some food 
uh, trying to meal prep for the week, and um, my aunt was watching it, and it sounded pretty damn interesting. She's an interesting character. Yeah, the character's a good word for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Um, but she she has had a very interesting life. So um, there were some things that I saw that I did not know. Um, but um, after watching uh, watching it, um, you, you know, I, I just think that we as human beings are very unique people. And uh, a lot of us, you know, we, we have a lot of um, different experiences. Well, some of, us, some of us have the same experiences, but the way that we deal with those experiences and what we make out of them, you know, is, is what's amazing. Right. And, and very different. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah. what did what did you take from what you viewed of uh, Wendy Williams? Um I I almost want to say I had a newfound respect for her. Hmm. <laughs> I did a long time ago and um people would be like, Why do you watch her? She's she's trash. And I'm like, there's something about this woman that's different. I don't like, I don't even like gossip, but there's something about her that's different. I don't know what it is. I can't even tell you to this day, but there, there's something that makes her interesting to watch. Well, I think for me, like, I don't watch Wendy Williams. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have seen her periodically, and I've um, heard her periodically throughout the years, but she was someone that I was not a fan of. Mm-hmm. But but watching her um documentary tonight made me have a newfound respect because I didn't know the challenges that she had experienced. Mm-hmm. Um and so knowing that she had or or not knowing, but learning that she had this drug problem. I mean she literally like had a drug problem. I mean you know she it, you know went from using uh, cocaine to crack, mm. you know. Wow. Uh, you know, she had these uh, tumultuous relationships um, with different people. Mm-hmm. Um, the last one with, with her um, recent divorced husband, um, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also had this other relationship with um, the the uh, Eric B and Rakim. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric B. She had a relationship with him that was really um, uh, unhealthy and unproductive. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, I I think I had heard something about that in the past, I, but <laughs> I didn't know nothing about it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then she had um, two long-term miscarriages where she was actually showing, like she, I think, had like two. Um, um, uh, miscarriages like at five months and at one and one of the miscarriages that she had the child was stillborn and she had to give labor to a dead child mm. so I thought that was you know what you know exactly exactly wow. um so um so watching her journey speaks volumes to to me about um you know why she is 
the person that she is because I, you know, I, I really just didn't know that. I really just didn't care, mm-hmm. um, you know, about it. But mm-hmm. I, I can, you, you know, truly respect the journey. Yes, sir. You know, and, and interesting enough, um, you know, she's the person that gave um, rise to Charlemagne the God, right? Who, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for. <laughs> um, and you know, a lot of people don't don't like it, brother, but mm. I have a tremendous amount of respect for for him and where he uh, where he came from and where he is now. Yes, sir. Um, speaking of last night's topic, um, two things I wanted to discuss: Howard Stern, um, who had a similar path to um, fame as uh, Wendy Williams did, and Charlemagne the God, who's um, had his run-in with um, sexual allegations. I, I think there's still some outstanding um, accusations against the brother. Um, but no-, no, I think he's. I, I think he's resolved. Um, that I think the only thing that's outstanding is people's um, perceptions of it. Right. But legal. But but legally, all that stuff has been has been resolved. Right. Like he's been, he's been exonerated exactly, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that that's what I meant yesterday about the victimization being used as a weapon. Um, people, all they have to do, whether it be true or not, is say it, put it out into the universe, and then you, as the person that that that's uh, being a, falsely accused of something or erroneously accused, maybe some of it is true and some of it is not, um, you are put in the burden of disproving it rather than being uh, innocent until proven guilty. So it's a stigma and it's a weapon that can be used sharply against people just because they are achieving some type of fame and for whatever reason you do not appreciate the fact that they are having success and so you try to sabotage it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not true in all cases but um, it was something that we had a discussion on yesterday about um, trying to uh, sabotage people. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think that um, you know they say with with um, well, one of the things I I always say with, to my kids is with with new age comes new responsibility. Mm. Um, so I say that with, with with fame also. So with 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 new fame or more fame comes more responsibility, and at the end of the day what we have to understand is that we're responsible for everything that comes into our life. Mm. And so, and so that's fame, that's people, that's what, that's, you know, everything, you know, we're, we're responsible for all those things that we allow to come into our space. Yes, sir. We have to take responsibility for that. Indeed. And we are at the 19 minute mark in DF and universe. We still don't have a topic tonight, 
but um, it's been interesting thus far. Uh, we approached a, a lot of things at the 20-minute mark. Um, we'll be right back after these messages. I'll call you right back, brother. Right, peace to the universe. And we are back in the effing universe. One hour of black power thinking. <clears throat> and our host, uh, Dr. Moore. And I am MF Doug. How about a new name for me, brother? How's that? <laughs> you know, it has to be a curse in it just to make it official. <laughs> MF Doug. <laughs> <laughs> Gotcha. 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 We have to keep a little dark humor around here. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed. Shit gets crazy. Um, We are still here, and the audience of one is somewhere out there in the universe sleeping. And uh, hopefully the others will join. Um, We've got a consistent three to four people listening. Although I think I may be two of those three plays. Um, we have valuable information to impart to the universe. Um, any other thing that you wanted to discuss, brother? Yeah, so what? Um, two things. Uh, one, for whoever uh, the listening audience um, is or may be, um, in, in the future, um, if there's a particular topic that people want us to discuss, then, um, you know, have them give it to you and then we'll, and, and then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll get into it. Yes, sir. That, that, that is a good idea. Yeah. Um, no, there was another movie. Um, somebody had, uh, discussed in one of my, uh, groups on WhatsApp. Um, let me see if I can get the name of that movie right quick. That's a good idea. Um, now, I'm not a big movie fan. I'm like a reality fan. I prefer reality shows. I was hooked on like Real Housewives of Atlanta, but then <laughs> I got away from it. Thank God. Um, because they're very addictive. But, um, some people can watch a movie over and over again, and mm-hmm. uh, I can only watch a movie once. Uh, once I know what's going to happen in the movie, I've lost all interest in it. Unlike it's, unless it's like a phenomenal, phenomenally good movie. Like I can watch Casino over and over again with um, Robert De Niro, um, Al Pacino. Don Rickles, that was funny. Joe Pesci, that was a classic. Um, I could watch Crimson Tide over and over again. And some Star Trek movies I can watch like that. But um, just every day watching a movie is not my thing. How about you? Bro, I love watching... um, (laughs) 
<laughs> movies over and over and over again. I absolutely love it. You know, I'm uh, laughing because Sanford and Son has that recurring joke on on their show. Uh, what you watching, Fred? Well, I'm watching Godzilla versus Rodan. <laughs> you see, this, this monster was emotionally tied to this other monster. And he goes into an explanation. He's like, this is crazy. But they every once in a while on the show, you would see him watching TV immensely. And it would be yeah. some crazy movie. Bro, I could watch gangster movies like <laughs> over, over, and over, and over, and over again. I can watch Scarface, um, The Godfather. I, you know, I can That's watch. Johnny's favorite movie. <laughs> bro, you know. Bro, I can watch like mafia movies. I, I can watch like stuff like that, like over and over and over. You know. <laughs> You know some of my favorite black uh, gangster movies. Your family over that. <laughs> well, they won't watch. They they won't watch it with me. I'm, hmm. I'm, 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 hmm. It's always it's all it's always like me dolo. Like, oh, you watching that again? Like, yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know this brother that can quote colors word for word. Oh, hey, bro, I could do minister society like that. I could do uh, belly like that. I could do paid in full like that. I mean, I watch these movies like, like every weekend. Like, I, I watch them like, bro. I love like I, a I ritual, love right? Yeah, bro. It's like it put me in, it puts me in a mood, bro. <laughs> See if you remember this line. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't come to me with the scary business. That's belly, bro. <laughs> Yeah. What was the name of that character? That motherfucker was scary. That's that was the Dun Daughter. Yeah. That was the Dun Daughter from Jamaica. That... He was talking to he was talking to uh, uh DMX. Right. And DMX is trying to get this deal with him, right? DMX is trying to get these, you know, he's trying to get these keys from him. And he was like, Come on, man, what what you scared? She said, Hold on, what? hold on. Right. <laughs> Why don't come to this scared business with me? Yeah. Absolutely. Now they got the accents correct in that movie. There wasn't oh, no no faking uh, <laughs> patois. They were real serious business. And uh, oh yeah, this guy in my job used to always quote this line: "Go get Chiquita." <laughs> oh yeah, because we had this girl in our job. <laughs> she would just be cursing people out. So that was our reminder of her. We called her Chiquita. <laughs> she, yeah. she just didn't take no nonsense on the job. Yeah. And we got that reference from the movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I love movies like that. When I was in college, I used to watch um, like Menace Society, movies like that. Like, mm. but it was like when I had like no responsibilities, like no wife, no kids, no nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was just a young, free person in college. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, bro. Man, every weekend, bro, it was like a 40, you know, and like a black gangster mafia movie or something. <laughs> that was the, bro, that was like the greatest feeling in the world. Like, I could have stayed at that place forever <laughs> in my life. <laughs> So let me ask you this question then. Do you see anything dangerous about watching movies like that? How much of an influence did did it have on your street life? 
Well, I think that was a, I think that was part of it because I could I could identify. Mm-hmm. Like so, I would watch it and I would be like, <laughs> like I could relate. Like I I remember when Scarface came out. Like I could remember. <laughs> you know, what the world was like for me at that time. Hmm. Like, everybody, you know, if you were in the life and you were right. in, in the game, what that meant for you. I mean, you watched that joint and you was like, oh, you want to be Scarface. Right. Right. You know, even if you couldn't be, you, 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 wanted you know, to. you could, yeah, or you could identify with it. Exactly. You know? and so, I think for me, when I watched those movies, like, you know, my wife, she hates that. She, you know, she ain't watching <laughs> no prison movies, no gangster movies, no killing. I don't blame her. She ain't, you know, if, if it ain't making her laugh, forget about it. <laughs> you know, she ain't doing it. But me, bruh, I, there's this show that comes on now called um, Love, Love, no, 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 called Love, Love, Love at the Lockup. Mm-hmm. I've seen that Me- show. Man, I, I, I love that show. show. Now that's a reality show. I ain't gonna use it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's funny as all heck, bro. It's funny as all get out. The white girl with the two uh two boyfriends is funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is a trip, yo. Yep. She got the yep. niggas fighting over each other. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's yep. funny. Yeah, I don't watch so it, it, it all the time, but when I catch that, I'm, I'm sticking on that channel. Oh, bro, let me tell you. You know, I used to be a guy that used to hang out a lot. Mm-hmm. So, you know, TV was not a thing, a thing for me because I, I never had time for TV because I just hung out all the time. <laughs> but now that that I don't hang out, mm-hmm. man, if I catch a good TV, a good TV show or something, that's like <laughs> hanging out at the club for me. <laughs> I get me a get me a nice drink. I sit back and I'm like, oh, and just watch it, bro. I'm you know this is like hanging out. <laughs> no. You know it's so so much foolishness is going on. Hmm. You know on the show hmm. that it's almost as crazy as being out. Hmm. Exactly, exactly. It it it's uh, keeping us in the house. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a good thing or a bad thing, but um. Even our, our generations after us uh, are hooked on some type of visual entertainment. Yeah. Whether it be in a phone or a game or an app. Yep. Or um, some type of TV media, stuff like that. Yep. We are hooked to our devices. Yep. 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 Yeah. And I don't watch a. Um... A lot of TV, mm-hmm. I, I don't think, um, but I watch enough of it. Um, I think for, in you know, in order for me to still be productive during, you know, during a regular day, um, you know, I might not be able to turn the TV on until about, you know, I guess it depends on the, the day during the week, but mm-hmm. rarely, rarely do I turn the TV on before like eight, nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't watch the TV during the day at all. Um, but normally when I'm sitting down and I have to do notes, I'll mm-hmm. cut the TV on, and then I'll 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 do you know I'll do my notes, you know whatever um, till about like midnight from like eight to midnight. Mm-hmm. You know I'm just up you know doing notes and stuff, 
and I'll be watching a show while I'm doing notes. If I have to do homework for like college, mm-hmm. even even as as a kid, um, doing homework, I was I was trained to turn off every type of uh, distraction, including the TV, radio. So now today, even if somebody's just talking, I get frustrated and um, I have to have complete silence when I'm studying, which is one of the reasons why I don't want to go back to college until I have my own place and I can recreate that comfort of silence in order to study properly. But some people... I know people that could have the radio blasting, the TV blasting, and be on the phone and still study. Yeah, so it it, it, it varies for certain people. Like when I was in my doctoral program, mm-hmm. um, and I would I would go into the lab. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, where well, the lab has to be silent anyway, <laughs> but people would be people would be in there and they would have on their earphones. Um, and they would be listening to music and they would be doing whatever it is that they would be doing. But for me, you know, I, I needed that same type of silence. Right. Um, but but studying is one thing. If if I'm trying to study, mm-hmm. then I need silence. Mm-hmm. I need complete silence and, and, and all that stuff if I'm trying to study. Mm-hmm. But if if it's just if this is writing, I don't need complete silence to write. If I'm gonna do notes because I don't I, that it, that comes so natural to me <laughs> that I could just you know I can watch a TV show like I could do two things at one time for that. Mm-hmm. But but if I need to read or comprehend, mm-hmm. then I need silence for that. Exactly. But I don't I don't need silence just to you know if I'm just writing mm-hmm. like I know like, you know like to do notes I don't need that I I could I could be distracted. That's and, amazing. And still, and still do that. You'd be surprised how little people can do that. They're, they're they're not easily distracted, but I know I'm I'm totally distracted. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, I wanted to get back on on the subject of these these movies, particularly gangster movies and other types of movies, because these movies inadvertently shape or reinforce the things that we get into in our adolescence that we find cool. So if we find fashion cool, we're going to watch some fashion movies or fashion documentary, um, et cetera, et cetera. And well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, and I'll respond after you go. I was just reaching for a point. <laughs> so okay. I'll take whatever you got. Yeah, so I, I, I think that, that, you know, watching those movies, depending on who you are, um, is going to have an impact um, on your behavior to me. Um, you know, when I was in college, <clears throat> And I would watch these movies, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a lot of my friends and stuff would come over, but you know, and they would not only would we watch movies, but we would play video games and, um, you know, 
Mortal Kombat and you, you know um that was my shit too. Mortal yeah, Kombat. We, yeah, we we will um play all these different um I had uh what was the box? I don't think it was Xbox at the time, but um I forget which which game console I had. But I played Mortal Kombat and all that stuff. I had all these uh fighting games. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but none of these guys were you know like I mean, they, they, they would play the game, you know, and all that stuff, and they would get into it. But none of these guys were really um, killers or, you know, fighting people. And I, <clears throat> they, they, they just, you know, they, they understood that um, this was just a game. And so whenever the game was over, it was just that. No one ever really got into a fight, you know, because of it or anything like that. I was the only person that was a real gangster, right? Like, <laughs> or had a real gangster mentality. Like, you know, I was the only one that, you know, was toting guns in college, <laughs> you know, doing, you know, doing stupid stuff. And they would look, they would look at me like, like, dude. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, going to, going to class with a gun in my book bag and, you know, all that stuff. And they, they would be like, Man, that nigga Sonny is crazy. Like, dude. <laughs> you know, so everybody thought I was crazy. And and I didn't think I didn't think I was crazy, but I look back at it now and I'm like, oh man, that was crazy. <laughs> Out of your damn mind. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was that was that was real crazy. Playing it real close. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I didn't know any I didn't know any better. I didn't know anything, you know, I didn't I just didn't know. You know, to me, you know, I, I was not able to ever turn off that gangster mentality. <laughs> so where, wherever I went, I, I just carried it with me. And what was interesting about it is, you know, I, I don't know that I was accepting responsibility because I was I was always blaming everybody else hmm. for, the, for the reason why I was doing what I was doing. <laughs> there was there, it, it, it was never me. Mm-hmm. It was it was always everybody else. Like I don't trust these niggas. I don't know these, you know. I don't, you know, and, and so I, so I needed to feel justifiable in doing mm-hmm. what I was doing. So that's right. that, that's why I did what I did. So everybody else in the world was the reason why I needed to protect myself. Wow, that's amazing. You know? and, and and I can remember. Um. Uh, one time, one of my buddies said to me, "He's like, man, you know, you you know, you in college, ain't nobody really trying to do that to you." And I was like, "Man, fuck that! I don't know these niggas like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you niggas, man." He you was like, "Stay on top, regardless." Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, but you do know that, you know, you on a college campus, and people ain't really trying to be shooting one another up like that." And I was like, nah, man, I fuck that. I don't know them niggas. I, I nah, <laughs> you know, you know, I was on some real, you know, nah, I, I carry my, you know, I carry my joint like I carry my dick and my balls. Right. Yeah, you know, come with me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so, sir. I, I had a hard time separating that. Yes, sir. And how much do you think the movies had an impact? On your negative or positive? 
is I can remember the Rocky movie, and that always had a positive impact on me. So it ain't necessarily that things are bad. It's just that uh, things like that reinforce the confidence that we need to be whoever we become. Well, again, bro, I, I, I think it depends on who you are. Because mm-hmm. if a movie impacts you um, that much to go and do what you saw in the movie, then mm-hmm. it says a lot about how well you're grounded, how well, how well you're raised. I, I mm-hmm. think the majority of the people that watch a movie or listen to music, I think the majority of people are not going to emulate that, mm-hmm. um, not to that level. I, I think it influences you as much... Um, I think it influences you as much as what you're listening to right then and there. I don't think that you listen to it and then after listening to a song or watching a movie that you actually want to go out and do that thing. <laughs> if, if, if it's negative. <laughs> I, I think that most people won't do that. Um, I, you know, even even if you watch it and, and or even, you know, or even if you listen listening to it and you're at a club and all that, you know, I don't think you really get into a fight in the club because of the music that you hear, mm-hmm. right? Um, you might that's get hyped. underlying. Yeah, you you might get hyped or whatever. That's one thing. But you got to already be a killer. You got to already be a fighter, right? In order for for you know that to motivate you, exactly, right? Because that if you because it, because if if you're not that person. You might get hyped off of it, but you're not going to go kill. You're not going to go get into a fight. Right. But if you're a fighter, if you're a killer, then, you know, yeah, you know, you do your thing. So I'm like, when, when I work out and I listen to certain music, sometimes mm-hmm. I listen to music, sometimes I, I listen to motivational um, uh, inspiration. Right. Right. Because I just want to be inspired what doing my workout. Right. Right. But I go into the workout to get inspired. So if if you're trying to be a killer or if you are a killer or a fighter and you're trying to get motivated, then you can listen to that music. But it's really not the music as much as it is you. Right. You know, who already wanted to do that. It's like me wanting to work out. So mm-hmm. I can put on music to motivate me more to do it. Right. Because I already want to work out in the first place. So if, if you're a killer or if you're a fighter, then that's already in you to do anyway. So you mm. putting on that music is only going to help motivate you to get, you know, to get to where your ultimate goal of what you're trying to do. Yes, sir. In in my opinion. And we are at the 22 minute mark in the effing universe. It is 3:27 a.m. on a Saturday night. Some of you should be partying, maybe you are, but we. Are having a meeting of the minds in the effing universe. And we'll be right back after these messages. All right, bro. And so when we come back, one of the things I want to discuss when we come back is uh, generational curses. Hmm. Yes, sir. Sounds interesting. Okay. And we'll be right back. Peace. Peace to the universe. And we are back in the effing universe at 3.31 a.m. 
Um, you wanted to bring up the topic of uh, generational curses. Today is um, Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Go ahead, brother. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. What, what, what do you think um, generational curses are? What do you what do you think it the definition of a generational curse? What would it or generational curses? What do you think that is? What do you think that means to you? Something bad or um, a omen that happens in a family, like people die young in a family, people are broke in a family, or people. Uh, have some type of misfortune that goes from generation to generation. To me, that's what it sounds like. Okay. Um, so when I think about generational curses, I think about um, poverty. I think about um, slave mentality. Um, I think about um, I think about child abuse. Um, I think about um, single parent households. Um, I think about I think about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I wanted to bring up the topic is um, how do we break that systemic uh, uh, pathology. Um, and I'm asking you the question uh, where it seems like this is a question that you would be asking me. But uh, I'm, I'm asking you the question in <clears throat> more more in the sense of um, just having, having the discussion about um, you often um, talking about um, uh, what's the um, you know, what's the answer? What's the um, solution? You know, you know, you know, how do, how do we resolve, you know, certain things? Yes, and I think that um, much of what you all been asking, you know, it, it, um, in my response is often a uh, may sound critical or sound like a critical response because I often feel like there's no easy solution to, to difficult um, problems. Hmm. Because I think that difficult problems don't, I mean, they, they don't start overnight. It's like gaining weight. You know, you, you, you don't just eat a hamburger and now you, you know, overweight. You know, it takes time where you right. have, you know, constantly done eating uh, uh, bad behavior and now you're overweight. Hmm. But now you want an easy solution to how to lose weight. And I don't think that that's fair, because mm. now you now you're looking to cheat, you know, in terms of how to lose what you work hard to get. And so I'm, I'm asking that. So I'm asking or having the conversation about um, generational curses, <clears throat> because I think um, for generations, you know, we have. 
you know, continuously repeated bad behavior. And now, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we are at odds with one another about how we need to resolve generational curses. And so I know you and I go back and forth with things like whether or not voting is effective, you know, mm-hmm. and how that has affected us uh, generationally. Um, you know, um, education, how that has affected, affected us um, over generations. You know, um, you know, poverty, how that has affected us um, generationally. And so single parent households, how that has affected, affected us over generations. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm saying that when I have a conversation with you sometimes, and I know we, we, we might go back and forth about certain things, but I'm saying repeating bad behavior will not get us to the next level. Yes, sir. And and so you know, at some point, if if um, we understand that you know, black men um, having babies out of wedlock, of black men. Um, not being consistent in the household um, or black single moms or poverty. There's all these different negative things. How do we intend to change those things in terms of, you know, breaking those generational curses? Yeah, I think... um... What I've found through my personal experience is we don't even recognize there's a pattern to the generational curses or the, the generation things, misfortunes that pass down from um, each generation of a particular family. And not being able to recognize that there is a pattern to that misfortune is the reason why ostensibly we're we're in that situation. We think that it's just that um, um, this is either normal or this is something that happens to us. And when I say us, I mean black people. So the generational curses, solutions, is to be able to recognize that there is a pattern of misfortune. Unfortunately, like you said, that's easier said than done because people can recognize a pattern and some of them just don't even give a fuck. They don't see the relevance of recognizing a pattern because in order to break a pattern you have to know it exists I think that goes without saying now what you will have in some families is one person seemingly escapes all of the misfortune that all of his generation of families have had and he may be the only one for even future generations that was able to achieve that. 
it's just the way the universe works. It, there's a um, there's something rare about one gene, and that gene does something different than all the other genes that have been doing this for centuries, for millennium, millennia. It's it's a it's um it's a strange gene. So it can happen by accident, but how do we make it happen on purpose? And how do we make it happen on purpose if we're not even going to recognize it as a pattern? There's another way. Those types of uh, movies, those types of uh, things we have for our viewing and listening pleasure can be used to program success. And I think success is the key to reversing the generational curses. But that may not be um, specific enough for some people in order to administer that type of vaccine to the rest of us black people. But um, it's the start. And I think we have to be able to vaccinate or um, shield our people from themselves. It is those types of patterns that they're not even able to recognize that we may not even be able to point out to them, but we should be able to, as successful people, as woke people, as um, confident people, as um, successful people able to reach back into those communities and grab someone by the hand. That's where the each one teach one mentality comes from. Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um, so uh, um so I'm going to use myself for an example. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so I grew up uh, very poor. Um, I grew up on food stamps and welfare um, all of my life, at least as much as I can remember. Um, and like, I don't think I can't ever remember. Well, I I can I can remember my mom having a job maybe um, very early on. Mm -hmm. I was very young. Um, but I, I don't remember her having a job past the age of, I want to say probably 10. If, 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 if that. Um, but I can remember being on food stamps and welfare like all of my life. Um we didn't come from a generation of people who have, have went to college at all. I don't know that anybody in in, in my family um, had gone to college. I I don't know of anyone. I, I remember my generation being the first generation to go to college. Mm -hmm. um, I don't... I'm trying to remember... Like, I don't remember seeing a male in the household mm -hmm. 
mm. um, of any family. Mm. I think I think may, maybe I had an uncle um, who was married mm. at, at one point and was there with his wife. I think um, at, at least at some point, I think he was. But um, I, I don't have a clear vision of. I don't have a vision at all of what a male looked like in a household. Hmm. Um, so for me, you know, growing up um, in terms of male role models, in terms of my personal family, I don't have um, an example of that. Um, the, all the males that I knew were, were players. Even if they had a woman and even if they <laughs> had kids with her, they 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 were players. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know, kind of like what you were saying. Now I don't know that I saw that as a generational curse. I I, I, didn't, I didn't see that as that. I don't know that I even saw it as something that was negative, but right. it was something that 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 I just saw. As it was almost like going to the, going to the penitentiary on the weekend, right? You know, to visit family members. Yeah. I I didn't see that as a negative thing. It was just something that. You know, we did. I thought, you know, normal. yeah, I, it was very normal. I, mm-hmm. we, I definitely normalized all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, even with poverty, like, you know, I grew up in the projects and, you know, every poor economic situation that you could think about um, all, all of my life. So I had no direction in terms of, um, wealth or how to build wealth or anything like that you know so how do you how do you break what you don't know right you know which is the question that I had asked right but that's why it would take somebody from the outside to reach back that was the uh, solution that I thought of because like you said it how do you break something that you don't know about? Especially if we normalize poverty, if we no- normalize um, miseducation, and we normalize um, financial insecurity, these things become like second nature. Yeah. Which is why they so powerfully perpetuated through the generations. Right. So, so, so even in terms of parenting, right? Like, if you're used to, you know, dysfunctional parenting, then, you know, you being a dysfunctional parent is, is something that you're probably going to naturally do because mm. you don't know that you don't know that you're not going to, you don't know how to not um, be a dysfunctional parent, right? It's like, you you could say if if you were abused as a child, um, you you would probably say, well, I'm not going to abuse my child, right? But when it's time to discipline your child, all you know is what you've experienced. Mm. So you probably going to demonstrate what you know, as opposed to what you think you would like to do. Right. It's going to be very difficult to do something different. Right. Now, I, you know, I I can't say for me. Um, how well I can't say I, I can and I can't say because like I never had intentions on being 
Um, I never had intentions on going to college. Mm. I, I didn't think I was smart enough. I didn't, I didn't think I had money enough. So I wasn't ever thinking about going to college. I don't know how I thought that I was going to be successful at life uh, at all. And, and, and I'm, I'm still trying to be successful at life. But, um, you know, growing up without a father, um, with a mom, without a mom, um, growing up in the streets, you know, uh, in and out of trouble, getting locked up, you know, all that stuff. Um, And then ultimately ended up um, somehow going to college, you know, you know, getting a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a doctoral degree. I, I it, it, it was, it was not something that was planned. It, it was something that just kind of, it, 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 it was happening, and I wasn't, um, I, it, it started to happen, mm-hmm. and I think for me, each door opened up another door. So, and you never um, look back, <laughs> right? Right, right, absolutely, right. So, um, and doing all those things, and then joining all these, uh, quote unquote, black elite organizations, um, you know, it, it was not something that, um, I was a kid looking forward to do. Right. I, I, that's not how my mind state was. I didn't think like that, nor did I care about any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, it wasn't something that I saw. It wasn't something that I was as, as aspiring to do. But as one door opened, another door opened. And I just kept walking into those doors of opportunity. So um, if the question is... Um, how do we break generational curses? I, I think it starts with us as individuals. I, I think it starts with, um, uh, you know, us looking at, you know, ourselves in a mirror and saying we're going to take responsibility for our own personal life, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that means, it, you know, it it doesn't. Maybe it matters, or maybe it doesn't matter that you had a good childhood or that you had a, you know, that you didn't have a responsible mom or you didn't have a responsible dad. You know, at the end of the day, your personal happiness is on you. Right. So regardless of what happened, at some point, you got to start to take responsibility for what needs to happen in your life. And that's I, that's where I think you start to break the generational curse mm-hmm. is you have to say, um, wow, this this thing happened to me but this is not what I'm going to do in my life. And this is not what I'm going to do for the, the life that I'm going, the lives that I'm going to create. Right. Now that's, that's, that's not an easy thing. Right. To do. I'm about to say it's easier said than done, but that is exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a hard thing to do. Um, but you know, you know, I remember um, when I used to go to the mosque every Sunday and I would come home and I would be in that um, efficiency with my aunt mm-hmm. and her boyfriend and her <laughs> kids and I would be playing the minister's tape. <laughs> um, and one of the tapes that um, I used to listen to uh, 
the minister was talking about um, who who you are or or how you see yourself and how the world sees you, mm-hmm. right? Meaning that you know your boys and every you know all those people on the outside can see you as this cool dude, you know this you know real respected dude, mm-hmm. you know you know in the community, you know. But at home, how are you being? How are you, you know, um, what's the perception of you at home and in the house? Mm-hmm. And if at home and in the house is not viewing you like outsiders viewing you, then what is real and what is not? Right? So who you say you are and who you really are, are those two things matching up? Mm. Right? So for me, you know, I think I was you know, once I started to have a family, it, it was different when I didn't have a family because who I was, you know, was just who I was. Right. You know, there wasn't there wasn't any other comparison. It was just that's who I was. But then when I had a family, who I was and how I was viewed by my peers in the outside world was one thing. But who I was and how I was revered or viewed in my house was something different. And then learning how to match those two things up became the challenge. And that was the challenge. Hmm. Because I wanted to be reviewed and respected in my home as much as I was reviewed and respected by my peers in the outside world. Yes, sir. And do you think that um, this solution of any solution is going to help us. I think if you can match those two up, I think absolutely. Even a majority? <laughs> okay, so 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 to me, if, if, if you're viewed by your outside peers as a respectable person, right, mm-hmm. um, as a person, as a solid person, as a person of um, reverence on the outside. And if you can match that on the inside, then I think that's how you do it. Hmm. If you if you can match those two people up with your, with, with your outside life and your home life, and that's the person that you're representing at home, that you're representing on the outside, then yeah. Hmm. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Well, we have gotten to the 23-minute mark in the Effin universe. It's almost 4 a.m. And um, I think we're going to end the podcast here without a bonus round. I think the um, it's been a long, exhausting week for me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm in good spirits, and um, how about you? You in good spirits, bro? I I I won't complain, bro. Um, I am. Um, I, I, again, I'm always trying to be the the manifestation of of the change I want to see. Hmm. Exactly, and I have to keep constantly reminding myself I have to be the standard bearer. 
and I, I've got to be that flag um, that there is an alternative and that there is a way to break generational curses and everything else that we find ourselves in in this life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, bro, um, you know, it, it's almost like um, I think you and I have had um, conversations about this numerous of times. Surely, I think, when I lived in New York, um, you know, the 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 I, I think um who's the person I think it was James not was it maybe James Baldwin but um I think he said to 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 be a person of knowledge or to be a person of um um of of knowledge or consciousness is to be a person um of of isolation or to be a person that that is responsible for the knowledge in which they have now learned it's almost you know w- when you hear the terminology that um ignorance is bliss it's almost easier to be ignorant hmm. because there's no responsibility that comes with right that. god but, takes care of babies and fools absolutely but to say that you have knowledge of something means that you have to now take on a responsibility of the knowledge that you, the knowledge that you say you have. Mm. Otherwise, you don't really have that knowledge. Right. You know. So. You know, I'm 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 saying that to say that if there's any level of consciousness, then there's a level of responsibility. Mm. Yes, sir. I totally agree. Other. Uh, otherwise. You're being a hypocrite. Hmm. Indeed. It's the one thing that um, we all need to adapt in our life. Just yeah. seeing the responsibility. Um, there was um, a glimmer of hope uh, coming out of Harlem. I don't know if they caught these guys yet, but the community is outraged that these young black boys would um, beat up a young sister like that, black sister like that. And um, they're trying to get them to justice. Um, we will see where that takes us. Uh, we don't want to see any black men, especially our youth, incarcerated. But there has to be a, a line drawn in the sand of what we will tolerate from the generation to come or they're going to be in trouble and having these conversations that we're having now because they ignored the patterns of destruction. And we have to be careful how we're defining black men because if you are, because I'm not going to see you or respect you as a black man if you're beating up black women. Right. There you go. That is right and exact. Because that's some old sucker shit. Yeah. There's nothing manly about right. it. Right. And so you, you're not going to be viewed by men mm. as men. Exactly. If you're beating up if you're if you're beating up women. Right. Well, brother, we got a 
lot on our plate uh, <laughs> to get off early tonight. It'll be a little reward for a long struggle that has to continue and seeing our responsibility in it. Uh, one way that yeah. we do that is this podcast every Friday and Saturday night at 3 a.m. to about 4, 4, 4 a.m. Um, come and join us. Come and participate. Any last words, brother? Any shout-outs? Any um, business you want to get off your chest? And listening audience, if there's a topic that you want us to discuss, that you want us to break down, um, please reach out to uh, Brother Douglas and yes, we will break it down in the effing universe. Yes, sir. Um, my main number is 929-214-0543. If you'd just like to leave a message or voicemail, you can reach me at one three four seven seven five four seven four four zero. And that is it, brother, at the 30-minute mark. I want you to have a good and prosperous week, and we'll be back next week, inshallah. Inshallah. Peace. 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 Oh, my people, I want you to understand and know 